What is up, all you team roping fanatics? It is Caitlin Gustav here with another episode of The Short Score. This one is brought to you by U.S. Roper. We have a special guest, and that is the one and only Koi Rallman. He is 20 years old from Elsinore, Missouri, and he is pretty wicked with a head rope. Just for some background information, you know, he won the Ram National Circuit Finals Rodeo Championship title in 2020 with Ryan Von Ahn, and that was when the rodeo had to move to Greeley due to COVID-19. He's, he's already got some big wins under his belt. He's roping with Douglas Rich, and just this past weekend, they added a lot of money to their earnings. They won the Yellowstone River Roundup. They were co-champions there with Brenton Hall and Chase Tryon, and each of those guys added over 3000 to their earnings. They also won the average at the Canby Oregon Rodeo. They were 9-7 and seven on two head, and that paid over 3000 Plus, they got some round money at that rodeo. And then they placed in the second round at the Caldwell Knight Rodeo as well. Um, So they're racking in the money. As this episode goes out live, they are leading the Kennewick Rodeo. That is the Horse Haven Kennewick Roundup uh, in Kennewick, Washington. They're leading the average there right now. And they're also leading the second round. So stay tuned. I can't wait to see how they end up at that rodeo. But enough of me telling you about Koi. Enjoy this special episode of The Short Score with Koi Rallman. We had a great conversation about the year, his past, his horses, and more, and what he expects of himself. So enjoy, and let us know what you think. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Roper. We as Ropers spend a lot of time on the road. Join U.S. Roper for 24-7 coverage for both you and your equine athlete. U.S. Roper provides nationwide coverage for your vehicles and your horse trailers. From towing, to flat tires, to emergency farrier and vet referral, we have a plan for you. Let us help you get to the jackpot today. Don't forget to follow along with us on Facebook and Instagram. Visit www.usroper.com to join and get protected before your next trip. This is Chelsea Schaefer, and this is season four of The Score. You all have listened to this podcast three quarters of a million times, and we are here in season four to bring you even more of what you love. Well, hello, Koi. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. So I guess you're sitting in Kennewick right now. How is that going for you guys? Uh, it's going awesome. You know, we're just, uh, seems like we're getting pretty hot right now, so we're just trying to keep that going. Um, our first one was pretty strong. Jackson and Marty had him at Hermiston. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew we knew he was going to be decently strong, so we just tried to make the best run we could on We were 6-1. It seemed like there was a lot of mid five just to mid six runs there was a whole bunch of catches from about a five five to a six five mm-hmm. uh Driggers and junior went four nine that was they won the round they made the best run by half a second uh and then everybody else like i said they were just kind of mid five mid six steers were fairly uneven the barriers two over so everybody just kind of went survival mode you know yeah yeah, and you guys, I mean, you guys are currently leading the second round, right, and and the average? 
Yes, ma'am. Uh, there was 20-something teams out that ran their second one in the slack this morning. Um, as of now, we're winning the second round in the average. That's exciting. Like, And that's what I was going to say. I feel like you guys kind of got on a little heater, especially after last weekend. Um, so that's super exciting, especially right now. I feel it's kind of crunch time for you guys. Yes, ma'am. We, we've had some good weeks recently, um, especially the week. Uh, we really picked the league week a lot. And then I think we won like 5,600. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week, we won 9,800 and some change altogether. Um, hopefully, we're starting it off with a bang this week. So, Yeah, that's exciting. I know you're, what are you, you're like 23rd in the standings right now? Yes, ma'am. I'm 23rd. I think Doug's like 19th. The healing seems to be a little softer than the head, and I think he's maybe 5,000 out, and I think I'm right at 9,000 out. So Yeah. Yeah, as I say, Tate Kirkenschlager is 15th with 49,000, and you have 40,000. Um, so how, you know, we'll talk about last week in here in a second, but how are you feeling right now um, with there's just barely over a month left in the regular season. You know, I catch myself kind of thinking about that with the wrong point of view. I catch myself thinking, oh, you, you know, putting too much pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm trying to just keep my head down and keep doing what we're doing, keep catching a lot of steers. Uh, me and Doug have roped together a lot, and it seems like um, at times – we both are roping good enough that if we just go do our job, it's usually good enough. So I'm trying to just keep my head down, keep turning steers for him, let him do what he does and, and see where it puts us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so real quick, you know, obviously, yeah, you're roping with Douglas Rich. Um, what is your guys's background story? I know you used to rope with Ryan Vaughn on, and that's how you won the uh, Ram national circuit finals title in 2000, what, 20 with, Yep, in Greeley when they had it in Greeley because of COVID, um, you know, kind of talk about. We're gonna jump back for a second. Talk about that relationship with Ryan and why, like, you know, what made that partnership end, and how did you get with Doug? Well, uh, when I when I was younger, you know, sixteen, seventeen, and I always was around Ryan at the amateur rodeos and stuff there around Missouri, and Ryan always told me, you know. A lot of people knew that some people didn't, but Ryan headed and Ryan heads great. Ryan's a very good switch ender. He's a very ropey guy. And he had always told me, Hey, when you're ready to circuit rodeo, if you want to go to the Great Lakes Circuit, he said, I'm, he said, I don't want to rope against you. I want to rope with you. He said, So I'm going to sell all my head horses and, and buy some hill horses when you're, when you turn 18, if you want. And at first I just kind of laughed it off. And then I was like, You know, that might not be a bad idea. My permit year, mm-hmm. you know, um, rope with a guy that circuit rodeo up there for quite a while and done this and that he might can help me with my head and at times and you know whatever so um you know like that fall before i turned 18 i turned 18 in march that fall or so i i was hitting him up and i said hey if, if you want to do it let's do it so that that spring of 2019 i got my permit and um we we lit him up that year mm-hmm. uh it was awesome getting roped with ryan he became one of my very best friends i love his wife and his two little girls uh, i lived there at their place in palmyra um and it, it was fun i i roped with ryan last year also we we kind of went out a little bit at the beginning of the summer mm-hmm. um 
and it was a little bit hard to play catch up. We we left in July to head to Cody with no money one coming off the winter pretty much and stuff. So it was a little hard for us to catch up. I think we rode good for about a month and then come home and made sure we made the circuit finals and ended up winning the circuit for a second year and got to go to Kissimmee and stuff. So that was a great partnership. I wouldn't change it for the world. I think a lot of Ryan and his wife and his family, they were very good to me and I had a lot of, a lot of fun with them. But going back to Doug, um, I'm from Southeast Missouri and all of the, the slides and littler amateur rodeos and stuff around there, you kind of, where I'm from, uh, the, the Southern Illinois and, and Western Tennessee, Western Kentucky, Northern Arkansas, like that's all, uh, it's all kind of one circle on the map. Mm-hmm. It's all not very far from each other. So I grew up with Doug being from Illinois. We only grew up a few hours from each other. But when I was little, Doug was in high school and first getting into college and stuff. But mm-hmm. Doug was around there quite a bit, you know, sliding and amateur rodeoing. And Doug has roped amazing since he was, you know, a young, young kid. Um, and so I always, you know, was around him, roped with him a little bit around there and stuff. And then he, he moved to Texas and bounced around a little bit, ended up at Paul Lee's house. And, uh, Paul and I are very close. And with me staying over there and stuff, some at the beginning of this year, uh, we both had partners and stuff just wasn't working out. And he hit me up about roping and I, I said, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. And, uh, we the the first weekend we roped we won one maybe second at Waxahachie and then we ended up doing really good at St Angelo and we won Weatherford and our summer started off a little a lot cold actually we were hit very hit and miss until off and on until like we placed in the first or first round at Estes and mm-hmm. then waited a little bit placed in the first round at Sheridan and it was just kind of off and on and then when we got hot we got hot and it's been really good for us here the last few weeks yeah definitely i mean i've i've enjoyed watching you guys you guys do rope very phenomenal together um so that's a great partnership you guys have going right now um and like you said you guys kind of got hot in the last few weeks i know last weekend uh you guys are co-champions with brenton hall and chase tryon and billings um and then you won the average in canby oregon kind of Tell me about those runs. Uh, well, we started off at Caldwell that week. Mm-hmm. Um, had a little tough rush luck in the first round. Uh, the next day we went to Canby. Um, showed up over there. The steers from Cheyenne. So we didn't really know. I mean, I knew we knew they'd been jackpotting on a little bit. Some guys were trying to look at the Cheyenne sheets, and I just felt like there wasn't a whole lot of sense in that because they've been roped a little since then and what they were going to do behind a 30 foot score is a lot different than what they were going to do behind a normal you know neck rope setup yeah uh, we were second out first first steer loped and i remember i was sitting there with the gay and i said what do you think and he just kind of shrugged his shoulders you know he doesn't really say much and i was <laughs> like well this is great so i backed in the box just hoping mine was going to be like the first one and he was and i got a great start and i just made sure i caught and dougie did work on him and mm-hmm. we won second in the first round and we come back that night and we had brenton and chase's steer and uh we knew he was kind of a little wishy-washy he'd go left and then back right and stuff so we just tried to go with the same game plan to be aggressive on him and and don't let him kind of psych us out and 
that's what we did. We ended up placing in the second round also on down there a little ways and winning the average. So that was pretty good. And we went back over to Caldwell um, and ran our second one at Caldwell. We had a good run. We, we knew that steer. We actually had that steer the first time at Deadwood. Uh, and then we'd watched him go there and we knew he was good. So we just made as good a run as we could on him there and won one split third, like three or four ways at Caldwell in the second round on that one. We were five flat at Gooding. I think we were one out. Uh, that was a very tough one header. Yeah. And then, and then we went to Moses Lake and, and Billings. Didn't do any good at Moses Lake, but we were fortunate enough to split the win at Billings. So, yeah, that is. I mean, unfortunately, you can't win them all, but that's not a bad weekend. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, so, you know, coming off, keep, you know, you're keeping raking in some money. Um, I want to step back a little bit um, to talk about some big money that you and Doug had a chance to win. Um, and that was at the WCRA Days of 47 in Salt Lake City. Um which, if people know or don't know, uh, you guys did make it out of your set to go to that final round, and you guys made the tough decision not to rope at the in the final round at WCRA. Kind of, you know, can explain that. What was your guys' reasoning for that? Well, you know, that was a very busy week. Uh, was I, I think that was either the second to last or the last week in July. I don't mm -hmm. remember. But um, that was a very busy week of rodeo, and you had uh, Nampa, uh, Ogden, Spanish Fork, Salt Lake. Um, there might have been another one, too, that we didn't enter, maybe. Mm -hmm. But it was a very busy week of rodeo, and, you know. And at the time, we were just starting to win, you know. And so as we were still about ten to 12,000 out of the finals, and we were just starting to really catch and do good. We were mm -hmm. placing at Ogden. We were, we were pretty much guaranteed third at Ogden at the time. And we uh, we made a great run at Salt Lake and made it out of our set. And we we got to Spanish. And we both kind of popped the question at each other, like, well, what do you want to do? And I don't care. What do you want to do? And we're like, okay, well, we'll just we'll worry about it. We've got to catch this one at Spanish this morning anyways. And for people who don't know, the way some of the tour radios work is, is – you, you run one that morning in the slack at 9 o'clock. They'll have it in sets of about 20 to 30 guys. Mm -hmm. And you run one that morning. Um, every event does. And the top 10 or 12 come back to the perf that night. If you don't make the top so many, you just come right back in the slack. Mm -hmm. So our thoughts on it were, well, if we don't do good, we're not going to have to worry about it. We'll just come right back up in the slack and run our second one or whatever. If we do do good, that's good, you know? Yeah. So... We we showed up Spanish that morning and uh, we made a great run. We were four nine uh, and Spanish was kind of weird because the first round was pretty tough. I don't think four nine got any money in the first round of Spanish, but it seemed like a lot of guys were snake bitten in the second round. The second round ended up being pretty easy and the average. Um, I say pretty easy, easy compared to the first round and the average. Mm -hmm. As long as we were some kind of five four. 
uh, we could be a half a second slower than our first one and almost guarantee ourselves about 6,500 between the average and the second round and stuff. Yeah. And so we just, after we wrote, we sat down and we, we kind of had a team meeting and we're like, we can go to Salt Lake City and win 12-5, which is amazing. We're grateful for the opportunities that WCRA is presenting us cowboys with all this money and, and these rodeos around the, around the country. But we're also when we left in june our goal was to make the nfr Mm -hmm. you know when we left in june we told ourselves we're making it and so 6500 and one whack towards the world standings is is a pretty good whack you know and so that's what we told ourselves is we were like 12 five is awesome but when you're this close you're ten thousand away from making the nfr and 6500 of it is fixing to come tonight if you just make a good solid run Mm -hmm. so we need to probably stay here and worry about making that far. You know, otherwise, you might have to, it might come down to that at the end of the year, and you're going to really wish you would have. So we made the executive decision to stay at Spanish and and rope our second one. Unfortunately, we did. We we ended up being a little longer than we wanted to. Barely. I mean, we won a thousand dollars there, which was still pretty good, mm-hmm. but. Um, if we had it to do all over again and put in the same scenario, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. But I would probably do it again because it, look at right now, Doug's only five thousand out of making the top fifteen right now. So yeah, yeah that. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I I feel like you guys made the best decision for you guys as a team. Um, but it, it's a hard decision to make because either way, you're gonna you have a chance for some big money. Um, whether it's gonna count just for just to take home and say you want it or it's going to count and you're going to be in that little yellow building at the end of the year. Absolutely. So, yes, ma'am. Very, very tough. But yeah, I, I'm glad you explained that. I know, uh, it, that's, it's a hard call to make sometimes. It was, and it was hard. I don't, I don't want anybody to think that it wasn't a hard decision to make. It was, it was a lot of us calling guys we looked up to guys that we think of as almost mentors or something that have been around for a long time rodeoed and, and asking what they would do or if they've been ever been put in that situation or whatever because it was a very hard decision yeah so. definitely well thank you for explaining that coy i appreciate that <laughs> yeah. um and so moving on i know we've kind of talked a little bit but i know you have a new horse in your string um along with your great horse charlie am i right yes ma'am kind of tell me about your horsepower you have going right now well there's a couple people i almost have to give a shout out to on that horse so there was a a buddy of mine from back home in missouri that's a little bit older than me um he's probably a little closer to doug's age he's circuit rodeoed and amateur rodeoed on him for a long time his name's dylan rucker and he heads good, and he, he always rode that horse, and everybody always noticed that horse because he's a pretty horse, and he was good. And uh, Dylan, a while back, had decided he didn't want to rope anymore. Mm-hmm. And one of my other very great buddies, Jeremy Henman, bought him a couple months ago. And Jeremy is who my horse Grit came from that Colby Lovell rode in a couple rounds of NFR and stuff. And um, Jeremy ropes good and he was going to some amateur radios and stuff and before sydney iowa paul and i mm-hmm. had decided to go stay at his parents house in missouri for a few days before sydney and when we were there we went and roped with our friend jeremy and stuff that owned this horse and i ran one steer on him and i said man i like this horse a lot 
And so he had priced them to me and I left and I was headed to Sydney and I was thinking on all the ways I could try to get them bought. Mm -hmm. And I had a, I had another horse that I did good at San Angelo on and stuff. And one of my buddies wanted them. And so I sold them to one of my buddies and I called Jeremy and I said, Hey, I'll take that horse. And I, I bought him just off one steer and I got him <laughs> and uh, ran a couple practice steers on him. And that was, um, I, I picked him up with the Spicer Grip, uh-huh. ran a couple practice steers on him, and the next week was Lawton and Sykeston. And my my first live action steer was at Lawton on him. I won second in the first round, placed an average at Lawton. I took him to Sykeston. Uh, we won the first round, won like third in average at Sykeston. So, and ever since then, that horse is, uh, it seems like I do going on him every time I ride him. He's been, he was a really big blessing to me because. He's a lot of he, he. I owe a lot of the credit to him on how much Doug and I have gained in the last few weeks, um, as far as money and in the standings, because mm-hmm. he's been a he's been a huge factor in that. So that's exciting. That is so cool when stuff like that happens. Um, and like you said, you kind of got to give your horses credits because as oh, much yeah. as you guys are throwing ropes and doing all the things, I mean, you couldn't do it without that horsepower under you. So. Oh yeah. And what do you call that horse? Um, well, both the guys that had him before me just call him Blue. Uh-huh. Sorry, just Blue. Pretty original for Blue Roan, I guess. Blue. Can't change it. Bad luck, right? That's right. <laughs> and uh Charlie's still in the trailer. I fi- he's your number one horse, right? Or Oh yeah. Um it seems like I've been riding the blue a little bit more, but uh-huh. yep, Charlie's still in the trailer. That's what I rode in the second round at Caldwell and I'll ride him, probably ride him over at the one header in Bremerton Thursday. And so, um, I can't leave the house without him in the rig, but yep, he's still in the trailer. It just seems like lately I got so much confidence and I'm on such a roll on the blue. It's hard to get off. Yeah, no, that's a, it's hard. Once you get on a roll, it is hard to switch things back up. Um, Oh yeah. Well, Coy, um, I know, um, obviously I want to kind of, move into some motivational stuff. Um, you're obviously so young and at the beginning of your career. Um, what is some advice or motivational tips that you could give to young ropers that are kind of thinking that this is the lifestyle that they want to pursue? Well, I don't ever want them to think it comes easy. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it seems like you're really winning at, at your level or, you know, in the junior levels, or, or if you're a team roper and you're really winning in the numbered ropings, that's great. Keep it up. That's awesome. But I don't want them to think it ever comes easy because when you get out here on the big road, it, there's a, if there's a hundred teams, mm-hmm. at least 75 or 80 of them are supposed to be out here and they come out here with a purpose. And so I think it's very important that they get around the right people at a young age get around good mentors, people that know how to win inside and outside the arena, um, really keep a strong work, work ethic, and, and don't let the bad things uh, distract you from your end goal. Yeah, that is perfect. I like that a lot. Um, that's what, I don't think people realize how tough it is out there. And like you said, the top you know, 70 to 100 teams are at these rodeos, and they're not just 70 to 100 just – whatever teams they're the best of the best team ropers in the world (laughs) oh yeah exactly (laughs) well perfect koi i appreciate you giving us that motivational tip and um i look forward to seeing what you and doug accomplish in these you know next few weeks the next month and hopefully uh you guys are nfr bound i hope you're right (laughs) (laughs) 
Awesome. Well, good luck and safe travels down the road. Okay, thank you. Thank you again, Koi, for joining me on this episode. Um, I always enjoy talking to Koi. He's, he's one of my good little buddies, so uh, it's fun to chit-chat with him, especially about team roping. And you guys, while you're at it, don't forget this episode is brought to you by U.S. Roper. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave us a rating and review. What that does is help people find our podcast, The Score, and then, you know, the more people that hear about it, the better. Uh, leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you're liking, what you're not liking, what you want to hear more of. We want to know. So go ahead and do that anywhere you listen to podcasts at. Enjoy your week, and we will chat at you soon.